To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers welcome to the opinionated bench warmers podcast an emergency podcast episode just to get into the playoffs. We witnessed game one and game two. We're recording right now at 10.30 Eastern, I mean, not 10.30 <laughs> Central Time. And we are just here to evaluate games one and two. Not only what we saw tonight, but what we saw in game one and just kind of give our thoughts on what we see the series going. What's up, Ramon? We got you in here as always. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob. The PNA bench warmers we're here, you know, to give the NBA fan listeners what they want. Yeah, man. Um, like you said, we had definitely an interesting start to this series. Um, you know, I think I got a lot of things that I kind of want to say about it and get off my chest, uh, but I'm not going to jump into it too quickly. <laughs> Once again, just want to shout out to our boy Los in his absence as well. Been holding it down for our brother. Shout, so out, shout out to him, man. man. Uh, and like I always say, man, I'm not trying to delay it at all. Let's let's go ahead and jump into it, bro. Yeah, man. Well, since you got so much on your chest, I'm gonna let you lead it off, man. I, <laughs> I'm gonna follow your lead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so so getting into game one and game two, man. Uh, the the biggest thing that has stuck out to me, uh, obviously we knew you know the big storyline about Giannis coming into this series and kind of seeing what his health was going to be. Um, and to me, with Giannis's health in question, I really expected uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to really step up in this series. And um, that's kind of where I want to really lead off into it, because I feel that in this series so far, obviously, you know, hats off to the Phoenix Suns. And we're going to definitely get into them and break down what they've been doing. And this is not all about, you know, about shortcomings from Milwaukee. Phoenix has been playing excellent basketball. But like I said, with that shortcoming, um, with Giannis coming into the series hampered, and we've even been able to see it even after the 42-point effort he just had, that he still isn't 100%. I expected Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to shoulder that load more. And while Chris Middleton had a a solid game one, a good game one, uh, he was non-existent in the game two, in game two tonight, uh, going five for 16. You look at Drew Holiday tonight shooting seven for 21. Uh, that means they will combine 12 for 37 from the field tonight. 32% between two guys that are on the Olympic team. Like this isn't two regular guys that are regular rotation pieces. These are two guys that are on the Olympic team that should be able to lift up their guy um, and at least be there one of them for support uh, for Giannis in this series. And so they really disappointed me. I mean, you look at Drew Holiday being a total of 11 for 35 in this series. 
11 for 35 coming from a guy that's supposed to be an all-star caliber player is an Olympian. That's not acceptable and that's not going to get it done. And when you have Phoenix doing what they're doing on the other end, and I'm not going to steal your thunder and take too much of what's going on. uh, But when you have Phoenix playing and executing in the way that they are, you can't have two of your big three in a sense, or two of your top three players being no shows. And so it's time to to call them out for it. You know, it's not going to just take it easy on you. They'll figure it out when they get home. Your stars are supposed to play on the road and at home. And so there's no excuse for what they just did after especially seeing that brilliant performance that we saw from Giannis, knowing that he's not 100%. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. I, You know, Drew has to step up and Chris has to step up. Uh, Chris has been traditionally inconsistent pretty much throughout the whole season, postseason. You know, one one game may look like, you know, an all-star like he made this year. And then other times he looks like a, just a, a simple role player. So, I mean, it, you know, I, I think that ultimately, it, you know, if they're not going to step up, they're, they're in trouble. You yeah. know, if Giannis is doing what he's doing right now on one leg and he's performing quite well, he had a good, a good performance other than his free throw shooting, you know, in this game, if, if they're not going to do that, then the, the, I don't think the Bucks have a chance but outside of that, I mean, it's coaching. And, you know, I think I think Monty Williams is really out, out coaching. Uh, Bud Hoser, yeah. Mike Budenholzer. Budenholzer, okay. Budenholzer. He's really out, outperforming him. We saw in game one, they didn't have any answer for the pick and roll at all. And then again tonight, okay, the adjustment they made was that they put Drew on Chris Paul and then they put P.J. Tucker on Booker. But still, again, it, it, you know, the only adjustment that I think they made probably that works is probably putting Giannis at the five where they'll have a yep. chance. Um, but in game one, you just saw, like, quarters one through three, they just allowed Brooke Lopez to be on an island on his long, alone, and Chris Paul just ate him up. Booker was eating him up. You know, they tried sagging off the pick and roll. Well, CP3 is a shooter. Yeah. Bevin Book is a shooter, so that's not going to work. Um, but uh, it wasn't until that fourth quarter of game one where they made the adjustment of putting Giannis at the five. I'm like, how does it take that long to figure out that you need to put somebody as versatile as a defender at, uh, as Giannis at the five to make adjustments to that? So, I, I mean, I think you, when it comes down to coaching, I'm more, I'm more and more believing that the Phoenix, and Sun, the Phoenix Suns can pull this off just basically because of coaching and what adjustments mean to the NBA playoffs. If you're not able to adjust as a coach, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. And right. Monty has mastered that in bus, bus and holder. What's his first name? Uh, Mike, know. just call him Mike. Mike. Yeah. Mike. He, Mike B. His, Mike B is in <laughs> capability of being able to adjust and make adjustments just proves. I mean, he was on Ramon. You said it like months ago on our podcast that he was on the high seat. You know when they were on the cusp of not making the playoffs, so it, it's showing here. You need a, you need a world class coach to put players in positions to succeed, and to for the Suns to have a basic pick and roll that's just shredding you up. Again, you saw tonight that it was shredding them up. Yeah, and that's the thing that's beating you. I mean, what can you say about the coach? Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. There, uh, Monty has definitely been the superior coach, 
and definitely went early, like you said, to that pick and roll and hunting out those mismatches. Uh, that's one thing that I will say that the Suns have definitely done within the first two games of this series is they have hunted those mismatches on pretty much every possession, uh, whether it's Brooke Lopez who gets out there and gets cooked, um, whether, you know, it's them finding uh, Connaughton in different spots and, and Chris Paul making sure that that's the matchup. Uh, they're definitely hunting out those mismatches. And um, they're also just shooting the ball better also than, than Milwaukee. They're a better shooting team um, than Milwaukee is when you just look at them as a whole. When you see what Cam Johnson is doing, when you see what Bridges was able to do tonight, when you see what even Jay Crowder was able to do from the perimeter tonight, they're just uh, they're just shooting the ball really well. Um, also, too, to me, they're getting to the 50-50 balls more. To me, they just seem like they were a little bit more hungry and a little bit more aggressive even to those tonight. Um, and they're, they're really – they're taking the fight to Milwaukee at this point. Like, right now, Phoenix is taking the fight to Milwaukee. Like you mentioned, those two heavy hitters, those two big guns, Chris Paul and D-Book getting it done, man. Chris Paul and D-Book are getting it done. And we just look at their numbers for the series – Chris Paul is basically averaging 27 and a half um, and eight and a half, basically 27 and a half points and eight and a half assists. You look at D book averaging 29 and six. Uh, so right there, you got two guys that are basically playing at a finals MVP level right now uh, through the first two games of the series. And um, at this point, they, they just have the upper hand. And the thing about it, like I said, that those two guys don't come along with Giannis or at least one of them come along with Giannis we may see a short series, so they better step it up big time because I don't see Phoenix backing down or I don't see Chris Paul, you know, uh, you know, suddenly going and getting flustered and not being able to come through and deliver how he has been. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Milwaukee definitely got some soul searching to do uh, before game three. Yeah, Suns up 2-0 in the 2021 NBA Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks going home to Phoenix. Uh, this is a pivotal game, like you mentioned, for the Bucs. Uh, they'll be going back home. But, I mean, the way that they're going back home, they may need it. They may need that crowd to get into it. They may need it, but they, they need true, man. And not yeah. to be the dead horse. And, you know, but they need them, you know, outside of Chris Middleton, because I feel like Chris Middleton played decent in game one. Yeah. But, you know, Drew has been, you know, I, you know, outside of when Giannis missed a couple games because of that hyperextended knee, Outside of that, he's been irrelevant, and that's how it's been all playoffs. It's defensively, he is who he is, which he's one of the best perimeter defenders that we have in our league. But on the offensive end, it seems like he doesn't fit well with Giannis. And again, Coach Mike, I mean, why not put why not put Drew and Giannis in some pick and roll situations and see what happens? Right. I don't see a lot of that going on. I don't see Drew being set up for success. Drew. Right along with Giannis, are not great shooters conventionally. But if you put them in a pick-and-roll situation with their versatility there, I feel like that's an advantage that you can take advantage of and, and getting Drew some easy buckets and getting Giannis some easy situations to where he can succeed. But, again, that's coaching. So I think Monty's doing a hell of a job. But Coach Mike, I think I'm not believing in him as a head coach just because he lacks the ability and lacks the vision. And, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, that's a big part of why they're not being successful right now. They're not utilizing their pieces. 
No, I agree with you there. And like you said, it's a it's a bigger issue with with um, Mike B. That's what we're calling him for the sake of this right now. I mean, you look at the series, um, take it a few years back against the Toronto Raptors, and you look at Nick Nurse. Once Nick Nurse made the adjustments of how they were going to defend Giannis, there was no answer that Mike B. had after that. You then take it to last year, and you see when he got in the matchup against Spolstra, and the way Spolstra screamed, and, and Spolstra really – you know, really scheme circles around him. Um, and now you're seeing him once again up against, you know, Monty Williams. And Monty has been one of the best coaches in the league this year. Like, Monty, hats off to him for the job that he's done with this Phoenix Suns team. And once again, you see once he gets to this kind of matchup, he doesn't have uh, – he, he's not able to make the proper and necessary adjustments. Also, too, if he's going to be playing Brook Lopez like that – Mm-hmm. Brooke is going to have to dominate or something down low or give you more offensively. Game one, he was solid. I'll give him that. Um, offensively, but tonight, yeah. offensively. Offensively, yeah. yeah. But but tonight, even watching them, one of the, to me, the most pivotal plays in the game, I want to say the Bucks may have been down by eight at this point and had gotten a little bit of momentum. And uh, Brooke Lopez had Cam Johnson on him down in the post. And he took one or two dribbles and couldn't get the shot over Cam Johnson. And that's just inexcusable. When you got them, you're, you're somewhat gathering a little bit of momentum. You may take the game from eight to six and may be able to get on a little bit of a run. But if he can't take advantage of the offensive end, then it's pointless really in playing them because defensively, he's just getting cooked out there. He's yeah, Brooke, Brooke is definitely a liability on defense. And uh, one yep. thing he can do, he can shoot. <laughs> he can right. make a spot-off three-point shot. But – uh I don't know, so, man. I, yeah. it's, look, it's looking more and more yeah. like the Suns are taking control. Well, the Suns had absolute control of the yeah. series. I'm inclined to say if the Bucs can't win game three on Sunday, this series is over. You know, oh, it's yeah. over in a hurry. Chris Paul definitely has it on his mind. 16 years in the league, first NBA Finals. He wants it, and he's the last of a dying breed. He comes from that lineage of Kobe. He comes from that lineage of, of a KG. Just those tough-minded players – and I think that that's, you know, I feel like it, it's impressionable upon these young players, you know, like Aiton and, and and Book and just, you know, Mikael Bridges, who had a monster game. I think he put up, what, he put up 25 tonight? No, 27. He had 27 points on uh, 8 of 15 shooting. So, I mean, he had an amazing game. I think that CP3's effect is here again, but it's here in a major way. And these young boys, the more confidence they get, the harder it's going to be to you know take over or overcome them yeah yeah and like you said just that overall effect and, and hats off to book in the way that he's playing in his first nba finals like he yeah, has yeah. been a monster in these finals uh there's nothing that they can do with him you could even see the moments especially when he was able to get the certain matchups like the chris middleton on him a couple of times like he was ready to eat you know eat that up like he is you know just playing on a different level right now and um, so hats off to him in the way that he's playing as well. Um, so we'll we'll just kind of see how how it shakes up. Um, I guess putting you on the putting you on the hot seat a little bit. Uh, not wanting to jump the gun too quickly, but putting you on the hot seat a little bit with Game Three coming up. Do you think that we're gonna see anything different? Do you think that it may swing in the Bucks' favor in Game Three? Like, what do you? Feel is kind of your outlook, or do you think that Phoenix just completely has this series and has Milwaukee's number at this point? What do you think? 
Um, I think that the Bucks will step up to the plate on in game three. They'll be at home where they're used to it. You you could see even in the broadcast, they showed what was going on in Milwaukee. You had thousands of fans, hundreds, hundreds and thousands of fans outside of the arena watching the and you had uh, look like as though it's a full arena watching the game, right. you know, as a family in that arena. So I feel like the fans are going to welcome them. They're going to feel comfortable. I feel like they will step up to the plate. I think one thing is that it's important to note here is that the Phoenix Suns are in, they're implicably young. So you have to think about that. This is be D book, all these guys, D book, Aiton, Mikel, all these guys that are young. This will be their first, I guess, home away, being away from home on the biggest stage that there is being the NBA Finals. So I'm expecting a lot of hiccups. I'm expecting a lot of miscues in that loud arena. I expect Milwaukee to be loud. Um, I expect CP3 to lead, but I mean, I think ultimately, being that they don't ha- they don't have that type of experience, I feel like that will play a part in the books being able to go ahead and, and take game uh, game three. But I mean, when you get to game four, I mean, it's up in the air from there. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I think that the Bucks will come and grab game three. I think that they will play with a level of desperation in game three because, I mean, they know that their season is on the line. You go down 3-0, you're not coming back from that. So uh, your season is on the line. And that's what gets me sometimes with this with these teams. It's like it takes desperation or other moments where they get down for them to come with a best foot forward and a best effort and that killer instinct. Um, so I don't always get that. And one little small thing that I am looking forward to in game three, I'm getting tired of the audience counting out when Giannis is shooting free throws. I know that they're having fun doing it, but as a viewer, it's old to me at this point. So I appreciate when Milwaukee plays. It is effective, though. Yes and no. Yes, you don't think so? I don't think he's missing a lot of free throws. Yeah, but I think I feel like if you really look at his percentages, like I may that may be something that I do go and dig into the numbers on that. Um, but I think that ultimately his percentages are pretty much the same before and after this counting has begun. Um, and at certain points in the playoffs, a, a couple of games, he actually got into a rhythm when they, you know, started counting like that. So um, I get it. I know the fans are having fun. It's a fun experience. Probably if he was playing and I was in a home crowd, I might be saying it as well, but just as a viewer, I'm kind of tired of hearing it every single game. So just kind of looking forward to that not being a thing in Milwaukee. Well, um, he but, shot 58% game one and shot 68%, no, 61%. No, he shot 68% tonight. So he's not doing too good at the line. But, I mean, I, like I say, I mean, I, I don't – you're right. It's just an opportunity for fans to have fun. I feel like if I was at the game, I was, yeah, right. I was in the home <laughs> You'll be just like two. him. One, <laughs> two, right, three. Right, but I, I do – I get it. I get it, yeah. you know, uh, just to get fans interaction. Um, but it, it's disappointing to see Giannis struggle for the line. You're a superstar. You got to make these free throws, man. You, I mean, we excuse Shaq business and how he shot free throws. But even Shaq – uh, you know, in, in like oh one, you know, I think that he shot better in the playoffs from from from. The, in I'm the not playoffs. letting you make no case for Shaq shooting free throws. <laughs> <laughs> we would never well, make a, a, a case. But what I'm saying is that Shaq, Shaq, but Shaq I, I won't. But Shaq, they they on the same level as poor free throw shooting, right? Nah, not quite. Giannis is not still quite. a better free throw than shooting this Shaq. Nah. Nah, I don't know. Giannis is still a better free throw shooter than Shaq. I mean, comparatively, if you talk about Shaq 
as a true big, as a true five, comparatively right, speaking, maybe. Yeah. But if you talk that, about that's what, I, that's what I was trying to get at is that it's like we excuse Shaq because he's a big man, but you can't really excuse Giannis for the free throws he's missing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he happens to be a seven footer as well, but he's a different player, I guess. Bro, now you can't. Man, that's <laughs> I feel like any superstar shouldn't be missing free throws in the playoffs. Not consistently. Yeah, and LeBron does it too. That, I that's understand. what I'm about to say. <laughs> I feel like LeBron sold his soul. I feel like it was either, hey, is he going to be a good three-point shooter, shooting step range, or are you going to be a great free throw shooter? And he's like, all right, I'll give up my free throw shooting. <laughs> right. Shoot three. right. Yeah, but I don't know. I think Giannis, he, as a superstar, I think, and just comparison to Shaq as being a superstar who notably missed a bunch of free throws, I don't have the numbers in front of me. He got to get better in that aspect of his game. You know, he yeah. got to. He has to. He has to get better in that aspect. Uh, but still, no knock on what he did tonight. He was the only reason why they were in that game. So, yeah, so I mean, yeah, hands off to him for what he, he did. did tonight. He did. He showed a lot of heart on one leg because I feel I still don't feel like that knee is 100%. No, um, you can even see on some of those, uh, the defensive play, some of the blocks that he came uh, where he had to come across court. He like playing with see. all heart. Yeah. He playing with all heart. It's just disappointing to see Drew and um, Chris Scott to sell him out like that. But I expect him to come back hard in, in the game uh, game three. But um, I think that's – I mean, I don't have anything else. I mean, going far, did you – Did you? I think you dodged it. Oh, no, you answered it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't feel like it went in game three. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's about it, man. I don't have anything else on it. I just wanted to definitely, you know, kind of give the NBA listener fans something to – you know, give our thoughts on what's happening. Uh, you know, we may pop up again after game three. You never know. So just stay tuned and, you know, we're going to get out of here. And shout out to all the NBA listeners that out there. And, you know, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on OPA The Bench Warmers on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And make sure that you follow us on all social media platforms at uh, O underscore Bench Warmers. And we're going to get out of here until you hear us next time. We out. All right, peace.